When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What is up, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the 49ers web zone. No Huddle Podcast on the Odyssey Network. I am Brian Rennick. I am joined by Al Sacco. Zane is still on assignment. And uh, Al, we've got uh, we've got some ESPN rankings to talk about, and uh, there might be a couple other things that that we find to to talk about. But uh, we're ever so closer to to camp starting, and I'm just ready for actual football to talk about rather mm-hmm. than uh, you know Trey Lance versus Brock Purdy and Debo Samuel hanging up on Philadelphia uh, radio hosts, rightfully so, uh, and and things of that nature. But uh, but how are things with you? You know, I, I'm in the same boat you are. Where like things are going okay, but I cannot wait for football season. And I thought this off season was going to be more challenging than it has been in terms of topics and things to talk about because we've mixed in some guests and things like that. The Niners, I guess, the QB drama always keeps you busy. But I don't want. I'm always. so tired of talking about it. I know we're going to talk about it more in training camp. But this show, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about the defense. We are not going to talk about the quarterbacks. I hope it doesn't sneak in, but the plan, <laughs> the plan going into it is only to talk about the defense. So anyway, I was reading this thing on ESPN and I just thought this would be a cool topic for the show, not only to see where the 49ers players ranked, but then kind of look at where they got these players. So what it is, they, every year ESPN ranks the NFL's best players at every position for the upcoming season. And they talk to execs, they talk to coaches, they talk to scouts to take votes, to pick their top 10 at every single position. So that's essentially what it is. Now, the 49ers, they, we're recording this on a Wednesday, and they'll start the offense on tomorrow, which is Thursday. But the defense is done, so I thought it would be cool to go through the defense. And, Brian, we'll start out with um, edge rushers. The top 10 is Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, TJ Watt, Hassan Reddick, Max Crosby, Brian Burns, Matthew Judon, Von Miller, and rounding out at number 10 is, is Joey Bosa. So Nick Bosa comes in as the best edge rusher in the NFL. I think that is fair. He is the reigning defensive player of the year. He had 18 and a half sacks, and according to uh, Next Gen Stats, he produced 14.3% pressure rate on his pass rushes, and his 48 QB hits was actually the most by 12. So that was a pretty dominant season. I think he is right now probably the best defensive player, at least the best edge rusher, I think you could argue. And it was nice to see him come in number one and get get recognized by scouts and execs and everything else. Yeah, you know, I know there's I know there's a lot of debate, especially on kind of sports media, in the sports media, but also kind of sports media, Twitter, uh, about kind of who, really those three, right? Nick mm-hmm. Bosa, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons. I really feel like it tends to be more Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons 
Miles Garrett tends to be kind of on the outside looking in. Uh, I, I think he kind of, Miles Garrett is to a certain extent, just a little bit in, he's in Cleveland. So, you know, most people don't tend to like to talk about the Cleveland Browns, but I, I, I mean, how do you not, how do you not, like you said, how do you not have the reigning NFL, you know, NFL defensive player of the year uh, at that position? Right. Um, you know, it'd be like, it'd be like having a corner win it. And then when you rank corners, that corner isn't number one, right. It, it wouldn't make any sense, but I mean, you just look at Nick Bosa's career with the 49ers uh, and, and he has made a significant impact every time he's on the field. The only time that he hasn't been impactful is 2020 when he had his injury. And so, I mean, it's, he's about to be broke off. He's about to be, you know, 30. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to guess like $33 million a year would probably be around what is, what is, what his contract is going to come out to. Probably. Um, but he, the 49ers about to break him off something fierce. And I imagine that uh, I imagine that information about that will be coming out by the end of this month. Uh, that tends to be right around the time that they extend their own players. They extended Kittle at the end of July. They extended Warner at the end of July. Uh, they extended Debo a little bit later, but still got it done. And it was still right around the start of training camp. So uh, I think that's the expectation, but, I, I mean, I, I can't really argue uh, with that list, and I can't. I, I don't think there's an argument to not having Nick Bosa number one. Uh, is Micah Parsons great? Absolutely, he's absolutely great. Uh, I'm surprised but, he wasn't too. But but yeah, and and I think Miles Garrett is too because, I to me, Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett affect both the run and pass game more mm. than Micah Parsons does. Uh, you know, Miles Garrett and Nick Bosa are fierce against the run as well. And I think that gives them a slight edge. But again, not to say that Micah Parsons isn't great. Um, and, you know, and and I'm sure Cowboy fans are, are probably complaining that he's not number one. But uh, I don't I, I don't think that you can put him number one over, like I said, the reigning NFL defensive player of the year. And we also wanted to look at the Niners have these blue chip dudes who are in the top 10 in these categories. Mm-hmm. How they get them? How did they yeah. come about to get these players? Nick Bosa. Cliff Kingsbury, baby. Cliff Kingsbury. You know, but, it, but not only that, there's, there's a click. <laughs> you know, they take Kyler Murray and Bosa goes to the Niners at two. But you look at how the Niners went to two. Jimmy Garoppolo tears his ACL. And yeah. remember that happening and thinking, oh, my God, this is the worst thing. They finally have a franchise quarterback. He tears his ACL. The season's over. This is the worst thing to happen to the team. It's awful. Why do we always have bad luck? And I'm not saying an injury is ever. I'm not wishing an injury on anyone. But looking at what happened because of it, you got a generational defensive talent who changes everything when he's on the field. Yeah, Maybe the most important player on your team, defensive player of the year. He's about to be the highest paid defensive player ever, right? If he, if yeah. he gets paid more than Aaron Donald anyway. So yeah. to think that out of that you know tragic injury that this came, it was probably the best case scenario for the Niners out of, out of what could have happened because you got this, this guy and they made, listen, Quinton Williams is really good too. And they, and they could sure. have decided to pick him. They sure. did it. They made and Robert the right Sala pick. has him now. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. Right. Yeah. Um, he's a good player. He's about to get paid too. But um, I, I would say, I like to think that the 49ers, the, that the Cardinals taking Kyler Murray was like, I want to say, I don't want to say karma, but I, I'm going to say it was, it was the football gods giving back to 49er fans for the debacle that was Chip Kelly, because I still blame Chip Kelly for 
not having Miles Garrett on this team because they won that meaningless week 17 game uh, at the end of, you know, at the end of his season to bump them from one to two. Right. And so then Cleveland drafts Miles Garrett and then the 49ers, well, the 49ers end up with uh, Solomon Thomas, but neither here nor there, but then again, they get the, the opportunity. They're two again. And you're like another generational talent and they're not going to get them because they're two. And then the Cardinals hire Cl- Cliff Kingsbury and, and now, and now the 49ers have, have Nick Bosa. So uh, thank you, Cliff. Thank you, Arizona. Uh, continue to be the dumpster fire organization that you are. And uh, we appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Let's go to off the ball linebackers and number one, Fred Warner. Fred Warner. Number two, Rokon Smith. Number three, Tremaine Edmonds. Number four, Matt Milano. Number five, Devin White. Number six, Demario Davis, who's on the Saints, if you're not familiar with that name. Uh, number seven, Shaq Leonard from Indy. Number eight, Nick Bolton. Number nine, C.J. Mosley. And coming in at number 10, Dre Greenlaw. Dre Greenlaw. So the Niners get represented twice in this category. Yes. And we'll start out with Warner who is, we all know, is a stud and pretty much known now as, as the best. I don't even know if it's an argument that anybody else is better than him. And he was number one in more than 70% of ballots on this. So he was recognized again by everyone. And through five seasons, he's tied for first amongst linebackers and passes defended. Uh, he's fourth in tackles. He's fifth in pass breakups. One scout called him the perfect new age linebacker who is great against the pass, can handle himself against the run. And then he has plus leadership and communication. So yeah, just as good to have just to have two guys, the level of Bosa and then Warner on your defense is rare. And the Niners are very lucky to have both these guys. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, Fred Warner, Fred Warner is the reason why the 49ers defense can do a lot of what it does, especially in coverage, because Fred Warner erases the middle of the field better than any linebacker in the NFL I would argue maybe ever. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, when, when Warner was at BYU, uh, he was, uh, he, he went there as a safety. And so he has that coverage background. But the other thing that Fred Warner is that, that a lot of people I think don't realize Fred Warner is a monster. He's six, three. And you don't see that at that position very often. You know, Mike Mm -hmm. linebackers, middle linebackers used to be, you know, five eleven, six foot, six one, maybe, right? Just real stocky because they because for a long time they were the second level of defense, right? They were they were tasked with if if the running back gets through the line, then then they're not getting through you, right? And so Warner at that size, you would think, hey, he's not gonna he's not gonna be able to defend the run as well, uh, just because he's he's not he doesn't have the heft. But he does, and and my my what still one of my favorite plays from last season is that play against the Rams where it, it's it's a it's an outside zone uh, off of left tackle, and you see I don't I don't even remember who the running back was for the Rams, and you, you see him on the screen. Fred Warner isn't on the screen, and then all of a sudden he comes from outside the view of the camera, and is just like a missile, and just just dives and just parallel to the ground for like three and a half yards and just spears uh the the ball carrier and knocks him on his ass it was 
an incredible play. But not only that, but some of the plays, like you see Fred Warner carrying players like Tyreek Hill or uh, Jalen Waddle when they played the Dolphins, carrying him down the seam, step for step, stride for stride, you know, a little behind, but in, still in, 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 in perfect coverage. And so, yeah, again, I don't, I don't, there's, there's no other player in the NFL that does what Fred Warner does. And there's no other player at, at the linebacker position that affects his, his defense's scheme more than Fred Warner does. And then with Dre Greenlaw, Dre Greenlaw is just a, a sideline to sideline, just wrecker of, of humans and, and offensive schemes. And, you know, it was interesting you know, in our last episode, we had Jack Hammer on, and one of the questions you asked him was about depth. And one of the one of the one of the things that I am a little bit concerned about is, you know, Aziz Al Shire really filled in very well for Dre Greenlaw when Dre Greenlaw was injured, and Dre Greenlaw mm-hmm. gets injured a good amount, and it's because of the way that he plays the game. And so that is my one concern with the 49ers linebacking core is who is going to step into that role that that Aziz had to fill in for Dre when he is inevitably injured, because I don't, I don't know that there's been a season for Dre Greenlaw where he hasn't missed time. And again, that just has to do with the way that he plays the game. And and I'm not faulting him for it. You know, he is just an absolute, you know, has no regard for his body or anything uh, when he plays the game. And that's part of what makes him great. But um, yeah, to have two of the top 10 in a, in a position group, and then to have the best at, one position and then have the best at another position. Pretty, pretty, uh, I would say pretty impressive. And not only that, but those are both homegrown players. Uh, Fred Warner drafted in the third round, Nick Bosa drafted in the first round two overall, but, uh, yeah, just, just love having Fred Warner on this team. Yeah. And, and Greenlaw too, in the, in the fifth round and, and you look at mm-hmm. Greenlaw, he made a, he made a huge jump and listen to this stat. Greenlaw has a minus 28.1 EPA expected points added when targeted, which wild. led all linebackers. So you just talk about what, what, what Warner does in coverage coverage. Yeah. And then you add Greenlaw into that. That is insane. What the Niners offer in terms of coverage and what they can take away on defense because of those two linebackers. And we talk about how well the Niners have done just building this roster in general. And you get the best linebacker in the league in the third round in, in a top 10 linebacker by in the fifth purposes round. from this in the fifth round, when you're yep. able to get that value, that kind of value in those rounds, that's why they've been, a, they've been in the NFC championship three of the last four years and one Super Bowl appearance, despite issues at the quarterback, because they're so good everywhere else. And I was going to say, and that's largely the reason why if that trade doesn't work out and for he who shall not be named right now, because we said we weren't going to talk about him. If that trade does not work out, the 49ers largely can weather that because of how well they draft in rounds three through seven. Defensive tackles. Aaron Donald came in at number one. That's that's no surprise. Chris Jones at number two. Jeffrey no Simmons at number three. Yeah. Quinnen Williams at number four. Javon Hargrave, well, not with the Niners last year, um, yes. with the team now, comes in at number five. Dexter Lawrence with the Giants comes in at number six. DeForest Buckner with the Colt, former 49er, current Colt at number seven. Deron Payne at eight. Cam Hayward, nine. And rounding out at 10 was Jonathan Allen. So Eric Armstead did get an honorable mention here. 
um, mm-hmm. but was not part of, of the top 10. But Hargrave comes in and he's he is just, like you said, what, what I think we talked about it last show, what we talked about, what they may be missing at defensive end. Mm-hmm. You get such a such an upgrade at Hargrave in the yeah. middle. And, and he ranked second among defensive tackles in pass rush win rate last season at 17.6% and he finished third in 2021. So this guy is a consistent pass rusher. And the Niners had a lot of issues last year getting a pass rush from the inside. And you bring mm-hmm. him in, he's going to really change mm-hmm. the dynamic. And you push that pocket from, from the inside with Bosa coming off the edge, that's scary. Yeah, I mean, Nick Bosa had 18 and a half sacks last year without very much pressure being generated from up, up the middle, right? You think about Bosa's rookie year and and how well he did, and and you can attribute that largely to Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner, the twin towers in, you know, in, in the middle there, uh, especially DeForest Buckner, who is a, a, a very good pass rushing defensive tackle. And so now you, you kind of get to repeat that. And, you know, that, that defensive line was at its best in 2019 when you had Bosa Armstead and Buckner, and then you had Ford coming off the edge, which is why I still think, even though he is a rookie, I, I think the 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 sixth round rookie out of Georgia, uh, Robert Beal Jr. Yeah, I, I think he's gonna. I think he's going to have an impact on this team because of that very reason. The same way that that D Ford did, right? Where you've got that that push up the middle, and all of a sudden you've got another guy. You've got Bosa coming from one end, and another guy that's running a four five off the edge. And so, yeah, I I think. You know, I I asked Jack on that last episode, do you think they made a a conscious decision to invest that money in Hargrave rather than spreading that out over, you know, maybe like an an Ngakwe and another defensive end Mm -hmm. uh, because they're counting on they're counting on Hargrave adding to the pass rush versus multiple waves of defensive end like they have in 2020 and 2020 or 2020 and then through last season as well. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, to have uh, to to be able to bring in the 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 fifth best defensive tackle in the NFL uh, is a huge upgrade for this defense, which is another reason why I, I don't anticipate this defense taking a step back, because not only did they did they make that upgrade, but I, I genuinely think they got deeper uh, on the back end as well uh, with Isaiah Oliver. Uh, the the signing they got uh, from from the Falcons to take mm-hmm. over in the slot, and then uh, drafting Jair Brown, uh, you still got Gibson, uh, you've got Hufunga who emerged last year, uh, and then you still got a, a gaggle of young guys that that have shown promise. Uh, opposite of uh, Mooney Ward in Diamador Lenore, Sammy Womack, you've got Ambry Thomas, you you've got Daryl Luter Daryl mm-hmm. Luter Jr. who you you uh drafted this this past uh draft so um yeah it's it's it, it's a defense that that i anticipate being top five again uh, i i'm not going to anticipate one because you got a new coordinator and i think there might be some growing pains but man this defense is loaded at all of the important positions um and and that's really all you can ask for and the Niners get Hargrave. It's a four-year, eighty-plus million-dollar contract they signed him this past off-season. But really, when you look at it, it's not really. It's a, it's a two-year deal. deal. Yeah. And what they did with this signing was we keep talking about the window with this core. Doesn't mean the mm-hmm. window can't extend past the core mm-hmm. and draft well mm-hmm. and replace people. But the window with this core is probably two years. And what they did is they brought in this high-impact guy, 
and they're only tied to him for two years. So he's in there with this core, and they make a push for the Super Bowl with this core. It was a very good signing, a very good free agent signing. And it's expensive, but for two years, he doesn't cripple you. So right. while you're not paying the position that we're not going to name the show a lot of money, you could, again, you could fill in at these at these spots. And, and, and when you draft the way the Niners do, you can go out and make a split, you know, maybe one splash a year like, like they tend yeah. to. So, it was, yep. you know, a huge, huge, huge pick for them. All right, moving over to corner. Wasn't sure what was going to happen here. I thought Traverius Ward had a chance for honorable mention. He did not even get that. So I'll, I'll read you what we got here. Uh, Pat Sertan, who was just becoming an absolute stud for Denver's number one. Unreal, yeah. Sauce Gardner, number two, another stud. Jalen Ramsey. Still after his rookie season. Game. Isn't that wild, by the way? It is wild. Sauce That's Gardner, how, number two, after his rookie season. That's how good, That's how good he was. Yeah, just like another Darrell Rivas for the Jets. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's still holding on at number three somehow. I disagree um, with that. Yeah, I think I disagree with that too. I think that's more uh, name recognition than how he actually played last year. But yeah. what do I know? Uh, Jair Alexander coming in at four. Uh, Darius Slay at five. Marlon Humphrey at six. Marshawn Lattimore at seven. Trayvon Diggs at eight. I, I wasn't too sure about that one either. But Denzel Ward at nine. AJ Terrell at 10. And then you got your honorable mentions, uh, Xavier Howard, J.C. Horn, Tariq Willen, Willen, Willen uh, tried Tredavious White, which, again, he wasn't himself last year. He's coming back from the knee. Yeah. Jarius Sneed in Kansas City. And then when you get to the also-receiving-votes category, Charvarius Ward is one, two, three, four, five, six. In. So they have Ward yeah. ranked in the top 20. Which is probably fine. You know, I, I thought he might be a little bit higher. I, I, I think he's one of those guys you appreciate when you watch him every week. Um, but, you know, I, the Niners really, if you're, you're looking at it truthfully, they really don't have a top 10 corner. Not when you look at some of the names that I just uh, I just read off. They have solid corners. And I think Ward is yeah. in the upper echelon. He's very good. We like yeah. what, what Lenore could be. We like Isaiah Oliver. Like you said, there's, I think it's a little bit deeper in that group now. It's with Womack, and it's a good group. I like Daryl Luter. Avery Thomas is still hanging around. So I think it's a decent overall group. But do they have a sauce gardener? No, no, they don't. Although Traverius Ward is very good. I was a little surprised he didn't maybe get honorable mention, but mm -hmm. it is what it is. He's he's probably probably pretty fair. Well, and and it, to me, it will be interesting to see kind of how how Ward plays this year with Steve Wilkes. Because Steve Wilkes, Steve Wilkes is a DB coach at heart. Like that's his that's where he made his bread and butter. Um and you know, I think, <clears throat> I think for Ward, the 49ers play a lot, a lot of zone. It's just baked into their DNA of how they run their, their defense. And, you know, I don't think zone corners get a lot of recognition because mm -hmm. it's not the same as playing man to man. And if all those names that you listed, you look at those guys and you're like, yeah, that those guys are man to man covers, yeah. you know, and that's what they're asked to do. Ward isn't asked to do that. Um, if he gets asked to do that more, I, th I think he will, he will show out because that was actually a strength of his in, uh, in, in Kansas city. And, uh, Jack on our previous episode talked about Isaiah Oliver, how he's looked in camp so far, how sticky he's been in man coverage. And, and I would venture to say that we might see a little bit more man coverage, uh, with Steve Wilkes than we did with Sala. And then we did with, uh, with, with D'Amico Ryan's, you know, and so, I, I think if 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 Mooney is given more opportunities to be in man uh, man coverage, I think you'll see a lot of a lot of what uh, we anticipate from him, which is a, a top ten corner because that's what he was coming to the 49ers last year. 
he was a top 10 man coverage corner uh, in terms of uh, NFL next gen stats. So um, I think that's where he kind of gets dinged is, is just the amount of time that they spend in zone. So it'll be interesting to see if they continue to play a heavy dose of zone or if they start to sprinkle in more man concepts, uh, especially with Wilkes and his uh, propensity to uh, blitz safeties and, and nickel corners and things like that. Final position group is safeties. And number one was Mika Fitzpatrick. Number two was Derwin James. Number three is Justin Simmons. The Broncos have a you know really good secondary there. Buda Baker for the Cardinals. Five is Javon Holland for the Dolphins. Uh, six, Jesse Bates, who's now with the Falcons. Seven is Kevin Bayard with the Titans, who's criminally underrated. Eight mm-hmm. is C.J. Gardner-Johnson with the Lions. Nine, Telenoa Hufunga for the 49ers. And nice. 10, Antoine Winfield Jr. for the Bucks. So the Niners end up getting guys in four of the five position groups. And Hufunga, this, this, this is impressive and shows how much respect he's gained. He appeared on more than 70% of the ballots this year. Um, for him. So yeah, so he was he was one of five NFL safeties with 95 tackles or and four or more interceptions last season. Um, only 40 targets as nearest defender. Hufunga allowed 235 yards and deflected nine passes. And the big thing with Hufunga last year were, were the the impact plays that he made. So we taught they I mentioned the four interceptions. He forced two fumbles. He had two sacks. I believe he had a pick six. Right, he took one back. Yeah, last year. Yeah, he did. And he just made, especially early in the season, those game-changing defensive swings that the Niners, while they always had a good defense, they never really had those plays in the second. And turn the ball over enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And him coming in really did that. So it's good to see him get the recognition, and hopefully he can continue to ascend and, and, and be a star for them in their defense. And and how did he get to the 49ers? Fifth-round draft pick. Fifth-round draft pick. <laughs> okay, so you're bringing in. You're essentially Bosa was the second pick in the draft. Sure, you yep. can say top ten player. Yeah, but you're bringing in three top ten at their position groups, defensive players in one in the, in the third and two in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. sensational graphic. Sensational. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. In incredible. And uh, even if you look at uh, even if you look at like Mooney Ward, who the 49ers signed. Mooney Ward was an undrafted. We didn't even say that. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I know that. I'm well because he wasn't technically in the top ten. But yeah, Mooney Ward was uh, was an undrafted free agent uh, for the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Was in their organization for one season. Ended up in Kansas City, or no, one off season, and then ended up in Kansas City, and then you know got his payday last year with the 49ers, and then Javon Hargrave. I think Javon Hargrave. I want to say he was drafted by the Steelers, I believe played there for the beginning of his career. But if I'm not mistaken, he was a second or third rounder, maybe um, somewhere around there or even later. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I mean, this defense is incredible. And outside of Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, there is not a first round pick anywhere in the in the starting eleven. That's, that's impressive. That's, that's impressive. Really impressive. So it's knowing the guys that fit your system, the guys that you want, right. they get high character guys. And yeah, Hargrave was a third round pick for the Steelers in 2016. Yeah. But yeah. that's the big thing too. Like they bring in these guys and, and these are high character, good football players. Mm-hmm. They're guys you want in your locker room. And they're guys that obviously work hard because you see a Hufunga, you see a Greenlaw, even a Warner. 
mm-hmm. the later round picks that ascend to being really great players. And we know about Nick Bosa's work ethic, who's just off the charts um, with his diet and, and exercise routine and everything else. So these are all just guys not on your team. Yeah. They are guys, these are guys that they've, they've really built a tremendous locker room. They really, really have. Um, and it's, it's commendable. It's, it's crazy when you look at how they got these guys and the mm-hmm. impact they make. Just the job we can. There's things that Lynch and Shannon have done wrong. Everybody does things wrong in player evaluation and getting people. But but what they've done to build this team from what they took over in 2017 to what it is now to have the blue chip guys that they have now, just insane. Just what a great job. Well, and 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 again, kudos to kudos to the scouting department first and foremost, but also kudos to Adam Peters who who kind of mm-hmm. runs runs that department. Oh yeah. You know, you talked about Hufunga and Warner, both of those guys, the, when the 49ers go into a draft and, and they, they put together their, their draft board, uh, they issue something called gold helmets to, you know, a handful of guys that are high character, high football IQ, you know, may not, may not be, may not be, uh, the, the biggest or the fastest, but they are guys that, that they identify as, uh, potential leaders. Hufunga was a gold helmet guy. Warner was a gold helmet guy. Uh, I think Bosa was a gold helmet guy. Uh, Jair Brown was a gold helmet guy. Um, George Kittle was a gold helmet guy. And so you look at that and you go, okay, they, they seem to know what they're doing, right? Because all those guys that they end up with, those gold helmet guys, tend to tend to have a, a, a large impact on this team. So again, kudos to the scouting department and Adam Peters specifically, because, you know, he is the, the chief scout, if you will. And, uh, yeah, it, it, that's it. I, I am most terrified of, of losing Adam Peters. I have been for years now and, and yeah. every, every off season, I'm like, Oh my God, is this the off season where we lose Adam Peters? And, you know, the fact that he hasn't been poached yet, uh, I, to me, <clears throat> to me, it it, it kind of says. I mean, he's from this. He's from the Bay Area, so there's that. That's yeah. got to be part of it, right? Th- which is, hey, awesome. You know, that that's an advantage. But th- it still feels to me like like there's at least some kind of understanding. Like, hey, eventually you will be our GM, right? Yeah. I don't know when that will be, but eventually you will. Which is why he hasn't, you know, taken some of these jobs that he's that he's interviewed for. I don't think I don't think it's been that that he wouldn't have gotten the job. Um, I think most of these he's he's either removed his name or last season. I don't think he even took uh, a, a any interviews, which was again, I was just like doing backflips. Not really because I can't, but uh, in my heart, I was doing backflips. Uh, yeah, biggest- this this team is is uh, this this team is is built the right way. And as long as they can continue to build it this way, you know, this this window that we keep talking about, I think is 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 a lot wider open then then we're saying all we're saying is the window with this core is about two years in length but continuing to hit in the third round and later is going to keep your window open for as long as you as as you can continue to do that and the most impressive thing i think i i I can say and will say and will always say about both john lynch and kyle shanahan is that they put good people around them and that's what a good ceo or a good manager or a good leader that's what they do Shanahan mm-hmm. has put together a staff that's got what, three head coaches in the league right now, which is nuts. And mm-hmm. you look at you look at what um, John Lynch, the people John Lynch has put around him with Mayhew and Rand Carthon and and Adam Peters and just all these people. I'm sure I'm missing yeah. names, but just these great talent evaluators. And he knew coming in, 
I'm new at this. I got to put these great people around me. And Kyle just, you know, he was new, but Kyle seems to always have good people around him. So that's the biggest thing. And that's going to be part of their legacy is the people that they put around them to continue to have a good organization. It really is very impressive. That's not being a homer. That's just, I mean, go look at facts. No. And, and, and uh, I know I, I texted in our group thread, uh, the athletic put out a, uh, I think it's a six episode series called the play callers. And it really, it, it, it mainly focuses on Sean McVay because, because Jordan Rodriguez, who is the host of it, she, she is the beat reporter for the athletic for the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it does focus mostly on McVay, but, um, it, it, it starts out with Kyle Shanahan, right? Because Kyle Shanahan, it, you know, you said three head coaches in the league in reality, it's way more than that, right? Because Kyle Shanahan gave Matt LaFleur his shot. He gave Sean McVay his shot. He gave That's Mike true. McDaniel his shot. He gave Robert Sala his shot. He gave D'Amico Ryan's his shot. And now he has Bobby Slowick running the offense in, in Houston, uh, Mike LaFleur, who was running it for Sala in New York. And now he's, I, I, I think he's, oh, I think I actually think he's down in LA with, with McVay again. Yeah. Um, and you just look at it and you go, Kyle Shanahan has a supreme eye for coaching talent. And that is another reason why you always have confidence that the 49ers are going to put together a, a, an excellent product on the football field. Hundred percent. All right, we're out of here. Maybe we'll we'll do the offense next week if the, the Niners have some representation in that, so we could look at what ESPN did for the offense. I would imagine they'll have some representation in that yeah. at running okay. back and tight end, and possibly wide yeah. receiver and, and, and left tackle. tackle, tackle. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we'll yeah. definitely take a look at that and see where those guys rank. But until then, for Brian, I'm Al. Thanks, everybody. Later. Niners on three. One, two, three. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.